You're listening to the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. Hey everyone, welcome back to the last session of the day with the Psych Guys. My name is Timothy Meyer here as always with Dr. Konstantin Lukin. Um, today we dove into the conversation of emotional regulation. So uh, we really hope that you enjoy this episode and enjoy. So, you know, Konstantin, I, I, I feel like in my work, I end up talking about the same thing a lot. You know, like even if I have different different patients with, with different presenting problems, uh, there are there are a lot of universal things that I oftentimes find myself hitting on, um, regardless of the presenting problem or the issue that that someone's coming in with. What's what what's one big thing that that you feel that you end up talking about a lot? Uh, yeah, I mean, maybe one thing even to step back with, which is always interesting to me. I feel like mental health as a field in general uh, has some sort of a fetish about like diagnoses in general. And obviously we have to classify and organize and get a sense of what the uh, sort of the amalgam of symptoms, what does it represent? And we want to give it a name, be it Mm. anxiety, depression, uh, or whatever the case may be. But, but, But I think there's, as I said, there's this fetish of like giving diagnoses and how many diagnoses. And again, I I don't want to make it sound like to the, to the listeners that, um, I'm not a fan of diagnosis. Obviously, you have to be able to diagnose, classify in order to find the most effective treatment. But to your mm-hmm. point, you know, one thing that always comes to mind uh, <clears throat> throughout diagnosis, the way I, I tend to um, look at it is um, how do people regulate how they feel? Mm-hmm. Because to me, it's it's really if you break down all the diagnoses, right, we are still talking about emotional concerns, right? And of course, not to take away the physical correlate the cognitive, the thinking part of it, right? But the but at the heart of a lot of these uh, concerns that we deal with is an emotional experience, mm-hmm. right? In mm-hmm. depression, it's sadness. In anxiety, it's fear, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. One thing, one, one thing that I, I get this question a lot, you know, I, I get someone who, who sort of asked me like, oh, you know, like, how would you treat diagnosis X versus diagnosis Y? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's... Uh, Sometimes I have a little bit of a hard time talking about like the, the the nuances of that, right? So, would you be able to speak a little bit more about like like how do you how do you boil it down to the feelings? How do you how do you boil it down to working on like the actual emotional uh, reality of the person rather than focusing on the the, the label? Yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, so the the uh, emotional regulation, the idea itself, uh, just another way of saying how do I learn how to self regulate what's happening for me internally. Uh, when we talk about emotions, we just call it self-regulation or emotional regulation. It, it, you know, some of the listeners might might know comes from the literature and dialectical behavior therapy uh, created by Dr. Uh, Linehan, where mm-hmm. one of her one of the modules, one of the things um, in the treatment is a whole focus on on regulation above and beyond other things. In for, in individual work, from my end, that idea of how to regulate is is absolutely crucial. Because if you think about it, we have so many processes in our body, for instance, how our brain regulates our temperature, internal Mm -hmm. temperature, right? If you think about it, a big part of regulation of that temperature is done for you. Basically, it's outside your awareness. Your body maintains a particular particular temperature for you all the time, unless like you're sick or something like that, then, 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 um, then, then it gets to be different. But generally speaking, it's outside your control. You could help, 
to regulate your temperature. If it's extremely mm -hmm. hot, you stay in the shade. You uh, you might stay inside. You might take a cold shower. If it's cold out during the wintertime, you help to regulate your body by putting on a jacket or a coat or gloves or anything like that. Right? Like so, But for the most part, it's controlled for you. Mm -hmm. uh, and you do mm -hmm. very little to kind of change it. Uh, emotions, the way I, I at least imagine it for myself, at least part of the brain that's responsible for it, to me, it's like half in, half out, meaning part of it is kind of helps you, is regulated for you. It gives you sort of like indication and guidance to how you want to perceive the environment. And a part of it is left up to you to regulate or another way of saying it to manage. Um, so to me, that's such an important element to where you are helping the client to realize that at, at, to me, at the center of a lot of the difficulties lies this idea of regulation. Yeah. So I don't know if you'd be able to, to, to put a number on this, but mm -hmm. what do you, like, what do you think the percentage is? Do you think it's like, just like 50%, you know, happens automatically in our brain, 50%, we have to do something about it. Is it 80, 20? What, what do you think? Uh... I have no idea. I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know what I can't. However, what I can't tell you is that the amount of this regulation mm. is different from person to person. So if the right. swings, if the person has little ability to regulate how they feel, right, like then their emotional swings are higher. That mm -hmm. means their actions in those moments are potentially more extreme. Mm -hmm. So, for mm -hmm. instance, as, as some of us know, um, impulse control disorders right have that dysregulation element as part of it so some people say ocd some people say substance abuse disorder some people talk about uh, you know borderline personality disorder has the sort of element of significant fluctuations where a person has a significant significant trouble in regulating right like that's why even the whole um <clears throat> dialectical behavior therapy is designed to help an individual from all sorts of angles to be able to regulate how i feel how they feel but to me, kind of even stepping aside from these kind of uh, more severe concerns, if you are thinking about uh, when a person's not feeling well or mm -hmm. they have some sort of uh, uncomfortable emotion, they can try to regulate it, right? They're, they're trying mm -hmm. to make themselves feel better. One of the ways, for instance, is that they get start drinking, mm -hmm. right? That's one mm -hmm. way that they sort of reduce the, at least they perceive to reduce the intensity of the emotion. On the other hand, as we know, when somebody has de depressive symptoms or is depressed, right, behavioral activation is, mm -hmm. is at least part of cognitive behavioral therapy, something that's done pretty frequently. Notice the word activate, right? Like, so we're mm -hmm. trying to upregulate. So the person is attempting or the therapist is suggesting to either upregulate meaning to do more of something or downregulate, meaning how do you self-soothe so that you don't do something just based on a particular emotion, what we call like impulsive behavior. Right, right. You know, a, a, a lot of what I think about emotional regulation is sort of like, yes, your, your body, your brain, your mind, we all have this natural ability to uh, be at this homeostasis point, kind mm -hmm. of like our, like our temperature, right? Um, but that doesn't mean that it happens all the time, and sometimes we need to either uh, do more or, or 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 cope more, de depending on the feeling that we're feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to, to one thing that I end up say, saying a lot to a lot of people is, um, you know, so uh, so so your example about about drinking, right? So mm -hmm. let's say I have a big feeling that's uncomfortable for me, so I so I drink to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. That that creates such a um, an issue for, from my point of view, because then that sort of takes away our brains or minds opportunity to regulate itself. Right. 
right? And then uh, we kind of get into the cycle where we become dependent on something right. in order to regulate ourselves. Um, and I find that that's, uh, well, I think that's a lot of what happens when, when people come into our, into our doors. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. If you think about, for, in, for instance, anxiety, be it panic mm -hmm. attacks, a generalized anxiety or phobias or anything like that, right? Like the, the idea there is to help an individual almost to self-soothe, right? Like be it through a panic attack, there's some sort of helpful statements about how you view your internal experience. Let's say if there's heart palpitations, like the heart is going or sweaty palms or some sort of physiological discomfort, right? We're trying to somehow soothe ourselves in, in the moment. Um, we also know, for instance, in phobias, we want to do an exposure exercise, meaning be able for an individual to sit with discomfort for a while, because we know, especially in anxiety, that the, the person, if we expand the experience of anxiety or that fear, it kind of goes up in the beginning and then goes down. For instance, just kind of like if you put your toe in the water in the ocean, in the beginning, it's kind of cold. But if you keep your toe or your foot there, you'll notice that you your body adjusts to the temperatures, very similar to how emotions work. So notice again, we're trying to learn how to regulate and be it cognitively by saying something or reframing, you know, mm -hmm. a big part of cognitive mm -hmm. therapy is sort of looking at it from a different point of view to help ourselves. Emotionally, to be able to sit with discomfort, to learn self-soothing uh, strategies, how to do that, interpersonal strategies, how to be able mm -hmm. to, to soothe ourselves. Right, so notice, from my point of view, at least, be it cognitive, meaning thinking, or mm -hmm. emotional, there's always this idea of either are we upregulating or downregulating, right? Like a lot of the times, even in depression, standard cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Like a big part of it is like, how do we identify a cognitive distortion, aka mm -hmm. how you're seeing it now, and potentially try to substitute it with more rational sort of way of looking at it? Because we know that individuals who are depressed typically catastrophize things. Right, like mm. they think in all or nothing terms, they label, right, like these kind of mm. unhelpful ways. So we're trying to cognitively upregulate how they see it. Like, hey, wait a second, maybe that's not completely true. Let's look at other ways, right? Like, so you're trying to help an individual to kind of see it more, more effectively in that moment. Yeah, you know, talking about talking about things that that I end up going to a lot um, with with lots of different people, cognitive mm -hmm. distortions, right? I, right. I recommend that. I mean, it's helpful for me, <laughs> um, you know, uh, Google it, right? right like, right. like become familiar with the list of cognitive distortions because they are, they are, they are super present. We all, we, we all do them. We all think them. we all think in that way. Uh, so if, if anyone listening here is like, what the heck is a cognitive distortion? Like, yeah. okay, Google it. it, Just Google it, it, it will it. probably help you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of that, it's so funny that uh, every time I kind of give that out to the client I work with and they start looking at it and they see the first one and say like, yeah, I kind of do that to yeah. I kind of do that. And by the time they reach like five or six, that goes like, oh my God, I do that too. And then I always jump in oh, and say, yeah. we all do all of them all the time. It's not the question of whether we do them. It's the question of how often and how much it gets in the way. Because you could see like the person's face like, oh my God, I do all of these. I do the yep. same thing with like emotional needs, right? I send out um, kind of like a, a sheet about describing like the need for nurture and sort of safety or love, right? And the person goes, yes, yes, yes. It's like, yes, that's part of who we are, right? Like we yeah. just have to, we just have to kind of lean into it. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> also, I, I feel like looking at the list of cognitive distortions, we, we see them in ourselves. It's, it can be pretty easy to see them in, other, in others too. So yeah. if, if, if I want to be, if, if I want someone to get really familiar with the list of cognitive distortions, I might say like, how often does your 
husband do this? How often does your wife do that? Oh my gosh, you know, she makes mountain out of molehills all the time. Like, okay, good. Um, well, not necessarily good, but at least, at least, at least you're getting it. Um, but, yeah. but you know, so, so, right. So, so I, I think that's a, 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 a hugely important way to, to, to regulate ourselves cognitively. Um, right. And uh, what I, what I end up drawing for, for, for so many people, I, I, mm-hmm. I draw this very simple chart, right? So on, on the y-axis, it's, it's, it's from zero to 10, the feeling level. And then on the x-axis, it's just time, right? And then I draw mm-hmm. a rainbow or an arc. And I say, this is how all feelings work. Well, maybe not all feelings, but the majority of feelings, they, they start at a zero. Something happens. We feel up to a level eight, nine, 10. And then it stays there for a little bit. And then it goes away. Um, and having that awareness or, 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 having that in people's back pockets, I, th- I think is hugely important just because, um, it can be, I feel like when we're feeling something very strongly, mm-hmm. um, there's always that like desire or drive to, to like fix it. Right. Um, and oftentimes we need to kind of just like ride out that arc. And, and what I say is every time that we ride out that arc, our brain gets a little bit better at doing so. Right. And, and then doing it over and over and over again, that arc, you know, isn't quite as steep the 15th time that you do it or the 30th time that you do it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's such a, uh, such a clear and a great way to present it is <clears throat> once you're able to sit with an emotion, it, uh, um, you know, you're better able to, to not act out on it when it's at the height of it. So if you get mm-hmm. really scared of dogs, right? Like if you kind of act act in accordance with that heightened feeling, you're probably going to run away or avoid mm-hmm. it. But just to kind of mm-hmm. even reminding yourself that in that moment that feelings don't last forever, yeah, almost like mm-hmm. doing a little bit of information gathering or some psychoeducation about the idea that emotions don't last forever. And for a lot of people, that in itself is already super helpful because that is not how it feels in the moment. It feels like I need to kind of regulate it now by avoiding it, by changing it, by doing something about it. While one regulatory strategy, which may seem paradoxical, because yep. to regulate kind of implies to control. Or at least I, I could see how some people would see it that way. But in reality, for a lot of emotions, it's really to accept it, to let it be. And it does not feel empowering or regulatory to be able to do it. Because the word regulate itself sort of implies something has to be done. While in an emotional world, if you think about it, a big part of it, just let it be. Just don't mess with it. Just just like just allow it to be adjust to it. And you'll notice how slowly but surely it will dissipate. And And to me, that's such a different way to look at it and and some of the listeners might think it's paradoxical but in fact it's true yeah and and it really is super paradoxical you know i've i've had conversations uh let me see if i come okay um a woman you know she's 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 very anxious about about something bad happening at Mm -hmm. her house so so she checks her cameras you know a lot of times per day and it is a solution behavior, right? She's feeling anxious. She checks the cameras. Her anxiety goes down for a moment anyways, but then it spikes back up. And trying to um, e- explain to folks that if you're able to just sort of ride out that uncomfortability, um, that will eventually over time sort of uh, treat or, or, or work through this anxiety problem. So it's sort of like the solution 
that has quote unquote worked technically right. for, for quite some time. Here I am sitting across for someone, you know, uh, maybe encouraging them or, or speaking with them about not doing so. And then people scratch their head. They're like, wait, what? Um, and so it, 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 it is very paradoxical. And if, and if anyone listening to this thinks that sounds a little bit crazy, um, well, we know that it works yeah. and, that's how, <laughs> and, that, and, that, and that's how it works. And that's why I do a lot of psycho ed, at least in the beginning, you know, mm -hmm. just to kind of, one of my favorite questions to ask everybody uh, is what's your view on your feelings? What's your view on your emotions? Just like, how do you see them? You know, mm -hmm. as, as you know, I, I work with a lot of men. Uh, I get something like, I don't know, or they're a nuisance mm -hmm. that I just want to kind of, so I could move past them and kind of be on my merry way, right? Like, so that, that's a very common way. So, wow, if you, that's your relationship with how you feel, you know, you're missing a huge chunk of guidance, not only guidance, but then you have like, then, then you just exclude a big part of who you are. And we can't mm -hmm. even get to regulate something where you just unplug the whole input. Like if you unplug it or you attempt to unplug it, right? Like for instance, with substances or whatever the case may be, or any other acting out behavior, right? Like you're basically trying to unplug it. Our job here is to get curious about that connection, to understand what that signal is sending you, and then above and beyond to regulate it, right? Because if you think mm -hmm. about it, you know, we, we talked earlier about temperature, right? Like, so if you walk outside and it's cold, right? Like you want to be effectively being able to regulate it. So if it's mm -hmm. like the fall, you may want to put on a light jacket, right? You don't put on a winter jacket, two hats, you know, two pair of gloves, right? Because you're overdoing it. Mm -hmm. So you, mm -hmm. but you have to know what it feels like to be cold, right? Uh, uh, versus just unplugging it completely, right? Like, so this is where psychoed comes into play. Curiosity comes into play. And then, then, and only then can you start talking about how do we regulate how we feel? At least that's sort of how I typically present it. Extremely true. Um, and that's probably how we should have started off this. Right, right, right. right. For, first and foremost, like we have to be, uh, and maybe this is a cheesy therapist thing to say, but like, we have to be in touch with how we're feeling. Right. Um, and so many of, of, of us navigating the world are just like tuning out or pushing away or burying right. our emotions, right? It, it, uh, using your analogy of what it's like in the fall, right? Um, though, like the, the emotions that we feel that like it is information that informs us. Right. So in the fall, what you do is you look at the temperature outside <laughs> before you go outside. That's information. And then you say, okay, it's 45 degrees. I could use a jacket and maybe some gloves, right? We use that information in order to inform how we regulate ourselves. It sounds super simple with temperature, right? right? And it would be completely nonsensical for you to not even be aware of what temperature it was outside. And that's what a lot of people, a lot of us right. do with our emotions. We just, we, we ignore them. We don't pay attention to them. So exactly, hugely important, you know, being able to first tune into what are emotions? Like, how do they feel? What do they look like? Exactly. And I'm just thinking about potentially some of the listeners are saying like, well, that's kind of strange. Why do people pick up these not effective ways how to manage emotions? And, and there's been some, some theories of why that would be. Uh, first of all, and I, two that jump to mind is one, modeling, how you are modeled to uh, 
relate to your emotions. And that's sort of, again, not to sound too cliche or too therapy here, you know, in childhood, adolescence, kind of figuring out how you were parented, what kind of models you had, kind of relationship with emotions, sort of you were encouraged to have. And two, I think a lot of people forget sometimes tuning out out of your emotion is the most effective thing to do. If you are in an abusive home, tuning out of how you feel to get through it is the most effective way. When I took a training a while back and the, um, the gentleman that was uh, running it, uh, you know, you made an analogy that still sticks with me. So I, I hope if he's ever listening that he's okay with me kind of borrowing it. But the idea would be like, if you are running into a burning building and you're a fireman, mm-hmm. this is not the time to get in touch with how you feel. This isn't the time to turn to Bob and say, hey, Bob, you know, I'm really scared. I'd like to sit and discuss how I feel about it and how this might be the last day I see you. Like, this isn't the time for that. This is the time to numb out, do the job, go in, put out the fire, take out the people that need it, come back, and then hopefully process, right? So I do kind of want to encourage our listeners to think about that in the moment we find effective ways how to manage it. The question is, does it still work now? Yeah. Uh, and so I, I draw that because a lot of people, w- when we start exploring this, kind of start thinking about feeling guilty, like, oh, my God, why didn't I figure this out before? Why are they start blaming like either parents or situations? That's not effective either. Try to mm-hmm. think of it in a way that we come up with most adaptive ways that we can in the moment, given the circumstance. The question to consider is like, is this helpful now? And and mm-hmm. when a person can can kind of embrace that idea, it, it almost, hopefully it helps them move past the guilt and really more embrace, okay, fine. So how do I regulate now? Yeah, no, hundred uh, percent agree with you. And um, I, th- I think there's, there's a million reasons why we, re- including that, why, why we're really out of touch. Well, a lot of us are really out of touch with our emotional reality. Um, uh, but also notice, like even uh, this conversation that we're uh, at least uh, sort of evolving into, we are talking about regulating, over-regulating, right? Notice, right? Like mm-hmm. we're pushing it, avo- we're avoiding it, we're not paying attention. There's also the other flip side when people allow for that input to overpower them, right? Like mm-hmm. it gets dysregulating, gets too intense, right? Like mm-hmm. so the first part that we just talked about is really about numbing it out, is over-regulating. Yep. Notice the word overregulating. We're overdoing it. Yep. And not paying attention, being numb, dissociating, drugs, alcohol, addictive behaviors, right? Like mm-hmm. we're just numbing it out. There's also the complete other flip side is underregulating with the with the emotions. It's too extreme and we're acting on that emotion, that impulsivity, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That that's sort of the the allowance to like just because I feel something, well, I'm gonna go and, and, and act on it now. I love you, I hate you, I don't want this, I want that, right? Like it's just too much, too much underregulation. So for individuals like that, we really want to start thinking about how do we make two parts of our brain that are responsible for feelings and the other one responsible for kind of logical or rational thought, how do we make them besties, right? Because we don't want to overregulate, but we also don't want to underregulate. And depending Mm -hmm. on the situation, to me, the focus is different. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I I don't don't mean to put you on the spot here, but... Mm -hmm. Give me, give me one concrete example of under-regulation and one concrete example of over-regulation. Well, over-regulation is super simple. Any listener that right now has some sort of an addiction, and that could be drugs, alcohol, but today uh, a common one is like pornography uh, mm-hmm. or even like uh, social media, 
Mm-hmm. That's that's super common, right? Like we're by definition what you're doing, and we even talk about it. I think in our culture, so like we're tuning out. I think a lot of people even use that word. Tuning out means like my emotions are overwhelming, and I'm going to do something right now to numb them out because they're too much. Mm-hmm. And we do that by going on Facebook or Instagram or whatever people kind of their choice that they decide to do. Right? Like so, we're kind of overregulating. Underregulating is when we're allowing ourselves to feel something and act in accordance with that in the moment. To me, like anger, for instance, is a common one. Mm-hmm. Like we're allowing ourselves, like if I'm angry, I'm going to punch you. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. I'm angry, I'm going to yell. I'm angry, I'm going to call you names. Right? We're taking that internal experience and under-regulating and just like running with it. Right? Like anger management, <laughs> as you probably very well know, right? it's, it's kind of like regulating how you feel, right? like soothing yourself, figuring out if this is the most effective way. But the idea is to regulate because otherwise it's under-regulated and then people get in all sorts of different problems. Mm-hmm. Road rage. Road rage, uh, marital discord, all sorts of different things, right? But it's just allowing that emotion to be under-regulated. So the, right. here's to me, like, two pretty simple examples that hopefully a lot of our listeners can relate to. So I would encourage always like just start thinking about, wait, in this moment, am I, do I need to help myself uh, upregulate or downregulate? Upregulate if I'm feeling low, do I need to somehow like allow more feedback in? Yeah. Or do, mm-hmm. am I feeling too intense and I need to kind of downregulate, meaning like, do I need to find strategies how to feel a little bit more uh, in control and uh, closer to homeostasis? So that that's just the question that I, I know I always encourage the clients I work with to kind of think about and potentially some of the listeners, you know, could take that away with them also after the podcast. Yeah. I mean, like a, a little bit of self-disclosure, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm having that conversation with myself. There you go. <laughs> you know, like, there you go. Uh, are my emotions a little too much right now or, 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 or maybe not enough, you know? Um, and I think we, we all do it, you know, in one way or another, we are all dysregulated a bit. Right. Um, and, and tuning our awareness into that on a day-to-day basis, I think is, is hugely helpful in whatever emotion it is that, that, that we're working on. Right. Right. Absolutely. That's it. That's, that's sort of exactly what it is. And hopefully, like, I, I know I try to see it that way. It sounds like Tim, you kind of sometimes see it as well too. It's just, to me, it's just granted an oversimplified way. And obviously this is not a suggestion to anybody to just kind of take it and run with it, but maybe just a, a way to think about it when you, when people are in the moment and they're not sure what to do or how to feel, are you allowing too much emotion or not enough emotion? I think it's a simple enough question that hopefully some people can consider. Yeah. So awesome. All right. So, um, so I, I, I think that that was a great, uh, explanation of emotional regulation. Um, I think that term could be a little confusing for people. So right. I'm, I'm hoping that, I don't know, this adds a little bit of clarity. Um, and hopefully it's something that people take away. Yeah. That's, uh, my hope, uh, my hope as well. This has been the last session of the day with the site guys. See you next time.